the island of Hawaii after the eruption of one of the world's most active volcanoes, Mount Kilauea. Inside the evacuation zone, molten rock advancing, an utterly unstoppable force. Lava creeping down the road, burning up property and trees as it comes into contact. If the lava keeps moving like this, their home will be gone soon. Some residents have come to take risks and to marvel. But for others, this is an awful moment. Keep on rocking. 24-7 non-stop music. Hallå, hallå, Björn Granberg heter jag. Hej. Game for riffs. All right. Okej, jag kör den här. Jag försöker. Hey, hey, you're here, you're here, listeners, you're here. I think, uh, I don't know where we are. We're trapped with this uh, evil robot warlord or something <laughs> like that. I don't know, it's, it looks like a bunker to me. A bunker with this uh, <laughs> con convex ceiling. Or is it, is it the other way around? I don't know. What about you, Ole? Are you fine? Yeah, there is definitely a bunker under the Vondelpark <laughs> in... Uh, <laughs> in the middle of Amsterdam uh, hiding out from rioters and uh, trying to renovate my house uh, when the lockdown is in full effect together with the curfew after mm. nine o'clock that it's making everything very stressful uh, however I, <laughs> we just had a little pre-talk pre uh, <laughs> and I think that was kind of interesting because I, I, I just found this oppressive tone <laughs> Uh, that I played in the beginning. <laughs> I mean, really bad. But I mean, it's uh, you said something nice there because uh, oh, oh yeah, I don't know. It kind of I take it as a compliment. But what did you say about uh, what I'm good at? Yeah, and I mean, one of the things you're good at. Putting it like that is okay. like this is the only thing you're good at, which is that's too mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Even though I guess you could take it, but yeah, you have you have other talents. But the thing with this particular one is that it is this, this kind of maybe not planned out or chosen in any kind of way. And there was this Swedish now kind of, uh, I don't know, he's a little bit infamous now, or, or uh, maybe just controversial uh, celebrity called Alexander Bard. And he said that uh, in, within music, everyone wants to play their favorite style of music. And that's meaning their favorite style of music to listen to. And he said that uh, maybe that's not where your talent is at. Have you considered playing other genres? Uh, you know, maybe play country instead of rap because you're better at that. But um, mm. yeah, what I said was not that. It was that you have this knack for this industrial metal <laughs> kind of weird strip club ministry uh, concrete <laughs> metal, you know. And it's just, that's not what you really listen to, is it? But maybe you were brought up in those years. Maybe you got some influence from, you know, like vicariously or something. I don't know. I don't know, man. But uh, yeah, that was my... Uh, I guess left-handed compliment to you that you're really <laughs> you have this talent for industrial <laughs> industrial metal. I don't know why. <laughs> no, but I think it it, it sometimes makes sense because you uh, you know you everyone I think everyone is good at something uh, not and not necessarily something that they're proud of exactly. Um, and they, but they, and they they you spend a lot of time trying to escape it, uh, but you always find your way back. Yeah. And it kind of just locks in place somehow. Uh, I think that's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we had that band that we mentioned before. I, we didn't play the song because it was too like kind of harsh to the ears for me to put it as an encore to an episode. But Wolfage 
you know, that band, you know, we <laughs> threw it together very quickly because it was not supposed to be, uh, you know, it was not supposed to be our yeah. child, let's say. <laughs> and, uh, or even then you could do this kind of impromptu industrial metal 90s style verses that kind of worked, you know, you could put heavy distortion on the voice and boom, you're off mm. record done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, uh, you know, like you try, I think we both spent a lot of, uh, time in our youth, like crafting the perfect riff, you know, like sure. going for, ooh, trying to find oh, what makes what makes good, like what makes it amazing. And I think um, one of the hindrances when you write music is that you think that, uh, especially riff-based guitar music, is that you think that every riff in the song has to be top tier, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, but we found something at uh, at some point. We found like um, uh, this uh, idea of the Bruks riff. Labor riff. <laughs> yeah, labor riff. Um, and I think that you can always lean into it because everything doesn't have to be, you know, top-tier uh, Black Sabbath uh, Volume 4 material, but, like, every other riff can also be just um, uh, just a rhythm or um, just laying a foundation, you know? And I would comment on that. Uh, uh, you were, were you finished? You had something more important. No, no, no. The, yeah, well, the problem is yeah. <laughs> it's when you're like making songs that are based on these riffs, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's why I think you were going. I think I'm pretty good at it, you know, <laughs> like really doing this oppressive. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good riff. <laughs> when you do improper riffs, sometimes they don't work at all. And th- this works, you know? <laughs> it kind of works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's okay, like, but... It... Like your uh, darkest friend, Josef said. Like, yeah, this sounds like <laughs> Machina at their worst. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do. But, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think it was not really... That wasn't really him slagging you off. It was just, you know, uh, him being confused with the style. And, and uh, where I wanted to go also is that, aside from this, also in the youth, like in the... Uh, we call it the formative years of music listening yeah. and music making. Also, there's a steady identity crisis going on. Like you want to really f- firm, get a firm grip of your musical identity. So you can't mm. really write these riffs that you may need for the song at hand because they're not within your so-called identity. In my case, that would be if a riff was too simple or too straightforward or too just you know easy groove oriented, then I wouldn't think it was metal enough in the early days. So let's say I wrote a riff that would go something like... Solid riff, you know, you could make a good vocal on that, but I would have had to end... uh, uh, altered it to kind of like... (laughs) Something like that, and then they went... It's not necessarily better, is it? You know, it's it's. I'm no, searching it, for an identity there, right? Yeah, I think so. But I, I think it's also good uh, that you get this stuff out of you uh, at an early age. You know, like and <laughs> it's kind of you know you listen to some bands uh, that released their first album, and it's like all killer, no filler, and you kind of get tired after a while. Also, you need some laid back. I mean, uh, Kill 'Em All, for instance. Like every riff seems to be. You know, the the point is that it's the yeah. best riff written so far so on far. the album. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a fun it, way, though. A fun album. A very fun. Did we already do a Metallica special? Yeah, I mean, we should do a Metallica <laughs> special, shouldn't we? Why haven't we done one? Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's time for... Uh, at some point, we'll do another one. Um, yeah. And I think it's based on a very special record yes. for both of us. But yes. uh, for the future, for the future. For the future. Hey, uh... Uh, past, present, future. I got a f- cool riff um, that I thought to start off. All right. With, yeah, I have a riff completely okay. on topic with our kind of discussion here, actually. Oh shit! Um, but, um, but I don't know. It could oh, wait. Okay. Also, if you're if you're like anxious to get started. Um, no, no, no. Go for it. Then, then you go for it, and I, I'll do this mm-hmm. uh, just before. Listen. Ah, <sighs> nice sound. Nice sound. So the curfew is 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 uh, <sighs> is not premiering you from prohibiting you from drinking a canned beverage yeah it's a beer yeah (laughs) (laughs) no that's okay yeah uh, yeah you have to realize uh dear listener that um 
At the time of recording, there is a curfew active in Amsterdam, which has resulted in like violent riots uh, in all of Netherlands, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and I have to be home before nine or I get a fine of 95 euros. Okay. Uh, so we are on the clock, on the as clock. they say. Which is no problem yeah. because we're still live, you know, the interrogation space system is working in our favor. Yeah, d yeah, well, yeah, I don't know if the curfew is also like all encompassing, like all the time then because of our uh, time space displacement techniques of uh, recording. I don't know. It kind uh, of anyway, is. we'll see how it goes. Yeah, but I mean, the aliens have been in contact with our alien like sales reps. They're, they don't care about this earthly stuff anyway, you know. So they're, no. they're, they're providing great service in terms of our interrogation system. So all, all happy with them, you know. I'm not saying that because they have maulers pointing at me or anything like that, you know. Just like these aliens. Yeah, so anyway, on the topic, it was an interesting topic of that, searching for the, the power in the riff and maybe playing music that is mm. not yours, really. Like maybe you just have a knack for it or something like that. Because this band that I choose, I, I mean, it's a band that you I've really, really enjoyed. Uh, but I picked the song mm. that made me start kind of hating them. Um, Ooh, so interesting. I, because last couple of weeks I've had that angle. I mean, I'm not a big Accept fan, even though I like it. And uh, I'm not a huge guy for uh, Guns N' Roses either. So I thought, now I'm going to take a band that also comes left field in the sense that I left them so early on. And maybe, you know, giving, giving that era the spotlight. So we go something like this. Down in B, by the way, today. Originally slightly higher, but I'm in B. You know? Yeah, it's in flames, right? Yeah, that's right. And uh, that... Wait, wait, that's really funny because... I chose the same band. Oh no! How could that have happened? That's crazy. Holy shit! That's yeah. so cool. Wow! Aha, first, <laughs> it's a first. Again, it's for its history. First, <laughs> oh, so we knew cool! It at some point. <laughs> yeah, you did. You really did. This that was Clayman, and but, I played from the from the album subsequent. I played Cloud Connected. Yes. Wow. But this is this is exactly what I wanted to talk about today. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, dear, dear listener, for us, this is amazing. For you, I guess, it's just yeah. an Inflames episode, you know, but uh, I'm really happy. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The aliens didn't tell me about that. Oh, man. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. <laughs> okay, so we both chose Inflames. There we go. It's a special. Man, I played it just for... 20 minutes i just i looked at the tab yesterday and i was like i can do this and then i played and it was like the most fun riff i ever played and then i started thinking about uh yeah i, I listened to cloud connected those afterwards i'm yeah. like what the fuck happened yeah and uh, that is the topic of today and i also i mean tricked it a little bit i played the intro synth with guitar yeah. That thing, you know, that also goes yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, under yeah. the main riff. All right, cool. So uh, we're kind of stomped <laughs> here, I guess. We don't even know how to structure it now that we're thrown into this. Um, I guess, I guess zone. we talk a bit. Uh, let's let's uh, start in the wrong direction then, because I mean. Um, Reroot to remain in flames. Yes, it came out uh, two thousand two. Yes, yeah, 
And Clayman by In Flames came out 2000, I think. Correct. Or was it 1999? Clayman was my introduction, came out 2000, and I was introduced yeah. to it by Swedish Top of the Pops, Vox Pop. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and I, I, I must say that it, it's one of the highlights of uh, Swedish uh, Gothenburgian melodic death metal. Yeah. Clayman is an amazing album with amazing uh, twin guitar work. Yes. Um, and uh, melodies uh, to spare. Uh, great vocal delivery also, a lot of interesting topics that they took up, and um, it's just an amazing album, and I was super influenced by it um, when it came out. I was listening to this, I was just, I'm a bit, I'm a bit in shock though, it still it shows the same. It's crazy. Uh, uh, yeah, it's amazing, and also like the way I would have structured it also if that ever happened, to have that the first good album and then the, uh, anyway I, I, I listened to this and I listened to Spiritual Beggars at the same time Yeah, and actually the first time same yeah. producer also I mean with this fat Clayman sound you know you already have a sound worth listening to and it's been yeah. many tried to copy it Glenn Fricker for example quite big on YouTube he always looked for the Clayman guitar sound he made like 12 videos searching for it you know We've landed so close, also like two years in between these two songs. And uh, Amazing. I mean, Cloud Connected is not the uh, title track, obviously, but it's kind of a feature track, as is Clayman. They still play it to date. Mm. This band started in, uh, I think, even late 80s uh, in Gothenburg as a, as a kind of project only at first, Jesper Strömblad's project. <laughs> Exactly. So, and then a bit later they invi uh, invited um, uh, Anders Fridén, uh, the singer who's still in the band, of yeah. course, like band leader nowadays. Um, and I mean, they, they quite. Um, if you listen to the early stuff, it might, it, it uh, reminds you more like Colony or just um, just uh, race. It reminds you more of uh, Clayman, definitely, but. Uh, something really happens when they um, they decide to take a, a totally different route. Yes. Um, in 2002. And that kind of leads to them becoming Sweden's biggest band. Uh, sort of. They are sort of, I would call them Sweden's Metallica, and maybe Metallica slash yeah. Iron Maiden, in a sense. Uh, even though they're, mm. they're not as, you know, musically qualified as those guys, I would say. But uh, they are like these heavy, hardworking, Volvo, Gothenburgian metal dudes drinking Norrlands Guld, just as I am right now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Calling it Dunderhåning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I mean, uh, yeah, where, where I kind of landed with uh, this uh, Clayman is a good choice for you uh, on your part because it's my start, right? Uh, it came out and I heard mm. it on, and it was so thick and heavy, and I didn't know what to make of it because I was at the time a fan of Maiden and Metallica. And it sounded like home, but kind of going away from home, which I really liked. So I became this super fan for about one and a year, one year and a half, two years. And then Reroute comes out, and it was a huge disappointment. I remember clearly the light in the room, which room it was, uh, the window, what was outside the window. I remember everything because it was, I was so disappointed. I was like, whoa, this is, you know, this is my new favorite band, <laughs> and they're already kuking ur. They're already going downhill. Yeah. What's happening, you know? But, exactly, uh, exactly. I'll get more into this because diving back to this album now, and also some older riffs, I'll feature a couple. 
uh, I figured out some stuff out. I figured some stuff out. I'm going to let that uh-huh. uh, rest for a little bit and maybe send the ball back to you since you picked the same band, which is still very, very fun. <laughs> <laughs> very, very fun. Um, yeah, so uh, on Clay Man, we're still on this... Um, this track that uh, I mean they they were also part of it but that maybe at the gates um, and the Hanstad's uh, arch enemy kind of uh, and then on the other side of Europe carcass um, all this melodic like getting bringing melody into death metal which was not uh, really the case uh, in Stockholm for instance with bands like this uh, um, Entombed um it was, yeah. it was kind of going another route, and and I I always felt that it was very closely related to folk music, and uh, maybe the melodies that we uh, heard in Sweden as kids. Um, that there there is a great um, Swedish um, how do you say um, child music tradition? You know, like um, yeah, you have folk uh, music or lullabies sw- or um, you know just hy- not hymns really, but. Uh, yeah, these kind of storytelling, uh, very melodic songs, often in three t- three time, and often with this pull off yeah. that uh, Inflames likes to do. You know, like the yeah. and I always, it always resonated with me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have Pippi Longstrump, uh, Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe because I'm Nordic, because it always resonated with me, and it always felt very easy for the hand to do this pull off. You know that. It's pretty fast, but it's so easy. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's just easy. Maybe it has zero, to, zero, zero <laughs> to do with me being Nordic. But uh, but yeah, it's kind of homely in a sense. You know, this minor or harmonic minor type riffage that that they really do. Mm. But yeah, we already addressed that the band changed so much over the years. Started as a simply as a project. So everyone was involved. Uh, you know, everyone available. And they all grew up in this semi-rich suburb, Bildal, previous address for the gates. <laughs> Everyone is a neighbor. And, you know, one guy buys the new CD of any new wave of British heavy metal band or German speed metal weird bands like Scanner. And then they, you know, they tape, <laughs> they tape it on to cassette and they bring it through the whole friends group. They rehearse in the garage of their rich parents because the parents are happy that at least they know where the kids are, you know, when they're doing their shenanigans so it's very like a close-knit very non-ghetto scene that brings up this project that is in flames uh, jesper strömblad is uh, like from ceremonial oath uh, which i don't know shit about that band so that's just a name for me but uh, <laughs> uh, he started it and then you know as you said it evolved and that that's why it's made a bit of a revolving door they had a singer from dark tranquility on the first record and then uh, under shudian was the singer in dark tranquility on their first record you know uh-huh. you can tell that it's just kind of still forming and you can also tell that by the trajectory the band happened to find themselves in kind of changing quite a bit album after album in a sense like metallica but yeah what's your take on this uh, yeah i'm i'm, I'm uh, like i'm trying to remember you know like i didn't i I think for some years I kind of after reroute to remain came out I kind of had this hope that they would maybe turn back yeah. um to uh, the greatness of Clayman but then uh, come clarity came out and then it was like oof. yeah it's sure. like linking park uh, style music in my mind as I try to remember you know the mm-hmm. uh the disappointment that just grew and later on I kind of I, I kind of just checked out I think and uh, while the rest of the world seemed to enjoy what they were doing and the festivals and, uh, you know, they they even got their own huge festival uh, where they invite their bands, their, the bands that they like and so on. And yeah. in this kind of castle in uh, on Öland, I think. Yeah. Or is it one of, the, one of the few counties of Sweden I've never visited. So I want to go there sometime. Mm. You know. Yeah, it's flat. Shoot a desert rock video with you, maybe. You know, that'd be fun. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, we can do it on Gotland also, it's the same. Yeah, it is the same. the same, but maybe, you know, if we, have the, if we have the cash and time, we can do a Gotland and Erland, just for the sake of me I mean, Maybe some Erland, you know? reggae, reggae, reggae death metal or something, <laughs> yeah. on the, on the yeah. seriousness. Yeah. yeah, I could pull out an old riff also, so that we get an example of a bit older in flames. 
Oh yeah, nice. There you can hear more maybe the Metallica uh, influence. Yeah, definitely. Uh, wow. You know, like um, something like Orion, perhaps. And this is from The Jester Race, so the title track of, of that mm. album. And uh, it's yeah. still, you know, uh, what I wanted to get to a little bit is that in the riffs, you st it's still somewhat similar what they do on Reroute Remain, in a sense. Uh, uh, this kind of heavy metal. Yeah, I know. I wanted to say um, that actually, after the shitty intro, the, that riff that comes in there is not that bad. Not as bad as I remembered it. Maybe it's your rendition, or maybe you can play that one. Sure. Um, yeah. The second riff, I think. Uh, I think that's what I kind of found out when I looked at it. That this riff is it's pretty cool when you when you kind of take away the all the production that they did, and also yeah. the way he performs his vocals is very angled towards this kind of what Green Day did. To pull a game for riffs reference, you know. Yeah. So he's kind of trying to communicate with the kids in a Linkin Park fashion, but the riff is killer. It goes like this. It's not bad. It's a cool riff. No, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, compared to what I played from Just Race. I actually prefer the Cloud Connected riff. <laughs> you know, I actually think it's a better riff. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know, because I haven't listened to this album uh, more than once, and that was maybe, mm. you know, when it came out. And But does it have, you know, like the, the melodies from the prior... Uh, record, you know, like yeah, I mean, uh, that's a strong melody only for the week. Uh, yeah, in uh, a few episodes I listened to American rock uh, podcasts, they refer to riffs or songs as barn burners, you know, burning the barn. And I think this is a real barn riff, but maybe more like a, you know, barn dance, dance pologen. It has this kind of very Scandinavian sound to it, but still it doesn't make it iffy or, you know, I don't know, Ultima Thule or some shit like that. Some terrible stuff. Mm. It's more of a, an actual, like, he uh, kind of pays tribute, I think, to actual folk music. And if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, Jesper's dad was also involved, actually involved as a folk music musician in Sweden. Um, so I think it's a good tribute to our, our kind of musical heritage, I would say. And yeah. uh, on your point... No, those type of things on Reroute Remain are not as strong as on Clayman. And I think that's because they had an identity crisis and maybe felt that it was corny to do this melodic log dance, barn, barn dance shit. So I don't know, what, what would you, what's your take on that? You know, the, the switch away um, from their, their, the melodies that kind of made the band. Yeah, I mean, if you would listen to um, uh, Clayman again... Yeah. There is a certain like I don't know, like I want to say it's got the melodies, but it also got the meat meaty hooks. You yeah. know, it's got the meat hooks. Meat, hook meat hooks. Yeah, like the second riff there. I'm really happy that you brought it out. I think it's one of their best riffs. Yeah. Because it has uh, like my my imminent beat boxing just described. It has this kind of uh, <laughs> groove to it, you know. Uh, which is uh, mm. more danceable. And then the first one is maybe more Iron Maiden or Halloween style. Yeah. 
but also reflects the lyrical content of the song, I think. The melody, that sad mm-hmm. melody, because I think lyric-wise, uh, Clayman is a pretty strong song, because it's relatable yeah. for, definitely for me at least, or I think most guys our age, guys and girls, that is, uh, because, you know, being like molded, you're this clay figure, you know, first you go to school, then you do this, then you do that. There is definitely a trajectory for how you should live in the Western world, which could mm. become confusing to you. In another song, or I think in that song, he says, after the education, it stopped making sense to me. It's just the same and same and same all over over and over again, you know. So he's, he's kind of stuck in a rut, in a sense, of uh, modern Western living. And I think it's, it's an honest depiction of it. I don't. It doesn't come off as emo, as probably I would say. Cloud connected comes off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a uh, you know like it's it's strange. Like we talked about Green Day also like last episode or something. Yes. Um, like how when you make this, and I think this kind of maybe ties into the difference between those uh, those albums and also like the point. Um, of like what is what 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 steps do you have to take to become successful and what do you have to um sacrifice yes uh so we got the fat fat meaty hook <laughs> riffs oh, <it's> so good. <laughs> of clayman and uh yeah the whole record and then uh but and, and but they have they have already something there like you have these lyrics that are very like well founded in uh, reality like different from this uh, I don't know yeah and you, and you can uh, add to it also that this is the first time he wrote them in English himself on prior records yeah. he would write lyrical themes and, and uh, lyrics in Swedish and send them to um, this uh, the guy from Dark Tranquility who would translate them to this very uh-huh. this very Oxford dictionary scholarly English which sometimes didn't really invoke the same amount of feeling I think that uh, maybe was found when he did it himself but mm. also, when he did it himself, he quickly derailed into this, you know, uh, emo territory with fucks and with, um, yeah, yeah, you know, the street language that doesn't really fit. But it's very, it, it's very, like, it's a time document. I mean, it's very in in tune with what was going on, like, yeah. on, on rock radio and, like, in uh, that kind of music in general. You know, the new new metal had kind of gone from this uh, swiggy, swaggy, you know, Limp Bizkit into um, more this emo, sure. Linking Park and uh, yeah, Green Day to some extent and other bands. You know, it was really what people listened to. I mean, it, it's hard when you think back. It's hard to remember how huge, huge. Uh, emo uh, mm-hmm. was. Yeah, like um, it made it, it, super huge. I mean, for us, it's an interesting discussion uh, that uh, b- this topic, because this is just before we met. So when we met, I already had left In Flames. I wouldn't dream about telling you that I liked that band, which was, you know, <laughs> it was only a couple of years later, I think 2003 or something like that. And I would have been ashamed to to uh, proclaim to you that I was an In Flames fan. You know, it was more about Satiric Honor, <laughs> uh, very, very much about Opeth still, and uh, also the stoner mm. thing emerging. So this was the corniest stuff I could imagine. And even bring, you know, and even bringing in flames to gaining for riffs was uh, a hesitant process for me because I felt like, uh, <laughs> but it was too interesting, you know. I wanted to know, and I, I'm kind of surprised that you actually did listen to this band because again, it was just you know yesterday's news or not the cool shit anymore mm. when we met. So we never really discussed this band ever actually before now. No, no. The thing is, I was you know at at the time I was listening to uh, Tokyo Showdown, this half-assed uh, live album, and yeah. like crying. You know, really? like I thought yeah. it was great, fantastic. Tokyo. I'm going to take you to the Green album, the one we call Horacle. This is the gyroscope. Um, and I was so into it I was so ready for the next album and then it was just such a huge disappointment yeah. like you say so I just kind of wiped just like you say I wiped the band yeah. from my roster uh, but I had already years prior made the big mistake of first time I met 
uh, Josef, our, my darkest friend, <laughs> yeah. he had asked me, like, oh, so what kind of music do you listen to? And I was like, yeah, man, I listen to In Flames and Metallica. And he was like, oh, I'm listening to New Roses. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I have a riff for and you. Dark oh, Throne. Yourself. I have a riff. It's in my list of that band. I really dig yeah. too. Yeah. So I hope you're still listening, Josef, um, even though you're now the darkest friend. I don't know if you're really comfortable with that moniker, but I've got a riff for you. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. Yes, I mean, the light it, in the black. Yeah, I mean, those days, uh, it was so important to listen to the riot music. And still, I knew in my heart that I was just a metal nerd. So why should I mm. care? Really, why should I care? That's where I've landed yeah. back again, admitting Iron Maiden is my favorite music to people that don't even remotely respect that, you know. Because uh, <laughs> now, now I don't care. Now, obviously, it's more of a feather in my hat that I have that kind of. I, I really taste. like it. I was I was looking at this. Uh, you made a fantastic post uh, on uh, on Instagram where you you, mm-hmm. you wrote uh, on our account and you wrote about me being uh, you know renovating like crazy. But you had made this uh, metal home decor with yeah. uh, putting up uh, screaming for vengeance. Uh, and I was thinking like, man, that's a cool cover like i wonder if yvonne will let me put that on the on the wall you know yeah like should i can i dig out my old iron maiden uh posters and put them in hoyta's room or something like this but yeah, yeah because uh, I, I put my actual you know metal wallware i put it in my tiny walk-in closet where i keep all my music gear i have an entombed poster there ah. i have a uh, iron maiden poster there as well but uh, so i was kind of hesitant to bring any metal art into my actual living space but that album, I think oh. it's, it is an art piece. I think I really like it. You know, "Screaming for Vengeance" is a beautiful cover. I think. Uh, what is the other one with uh, that's even more like uh, insane with this train coming with horns? Yeah, like a train uh, lion with stairs, staircase yeah. pawns. Yeah. it's called the, the Defenders of the Faith, and they're kind of sis- yeah. sister albums. And that one was also available as an art piece, but I, I prefer I prefer the yeah. Robot Hawk. <laughs> So I was I was looking at that post also and thinking like ah oh, okay ah maybe Judas Priest is coming up that would be a good fit for In Flames I think yeah it would, um, it would. definitely and, but it and, was uh, indeed In Flames uh, maybe a, a small tan I mean thinking about um, Rob Halford I think who revolutionized um, yeah I think the the lyrics in in the heavy metal yeah. Uh, I think quite a lot, especially with like maybe uh, their most well-known uh, rock anthem, "Living After Midnight." Mm-hmm. You know, with this uh, double entendres en masse, you know, all, all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> what is he really singing about? You know, but uh, I think that this kind of earnestness that Anders Fredén gets out of himself on um, uh, that he puts down, yeah, uh, he, that he sings. Uh, yeah. Let's <laughs> drop sure. the drop the metaphors that he sings on the album. I think that's really uh, good and uh, on point. And it's uh, he should have kind of maybe someone could have said like, "Hey, Anders, that's really really good. Like, let, let's keep it at that and try that for another record and don't yeah. overdo it." But I think someone, may, I don't know who, um, uh, just uh, kind uh, of latched on to this, you know, and. Or he did himself. You know. Actually, maybe himself. Yeah. Uh, my guess is that he was on a... This is more of a transitional lyrical phase on Clayman. But maybe he didn't realize that he already hit home. So he kept transitioning, no. if you will. He kept going in that direction. And make it even more personal, making it less personal. That's a paradox, I know. But, you know, it's uh, <laughs> he went too far, I think. He, he didn't realize that he already <laughs> got to a good point there lyrically. And also musically, it's pretty good. I... I'm going to bring out another riff from Clayman. Mm, mm. The opening track, Bullet Ride, which ah, you can great. clearly hear some heavy metal kind of groove to it. Right? Oh yeah, no, definitely. But I think that um, they it's yes. Um, now let's try to remember. Yes, Strömblad and is it Björn Gelotte who's no, playing Kjell- on Björn this Kjellot, album? And he's now the 
Hello. The, the other band leader together with Anders and then they it's just higher guns at this point because they had this okay. uh, rhythm section that was quite steady for a while with uh, Daniel and uh, Anders but uh, no Daniel and Peter but they uh, they quit at a point they got sick of touring and they started making craft beer instead <laughs> I think <laughs> it may not? be a good choice you know <laughs> he's got kids it's nice to stay in Gothenburg make craft beer and watch football you know I get mm. it. I, I really do. And I think when they left, it was the final kind of blow for me because I did get back into the band, kind of like ironically, oh. but not ironically, you know, and, and also kind of like trying to trivialize it. But really, I wanted to get back to a, a feeling I had when I was younger. And I did this yeah, together, it, together with my friend Max, mm. and we did go see them again subsequently and so on. I I kind of, I got into... You know, like I've, the reason I, I started listening to Clayman again was that there was a uh, 20th century, uh, 20th, 20th year anniversary that came out, um, which actually had a pretty cool reimagination of the cover. That I, I okay, this uh, because the, the original cover is pretty nice, but it's also super ugly. Yeah, uh, how <laughs> it's, it's like nice. saturated, the saturated Vitruvian man by Leonardo the. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Let's get, <laughs> let's say it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. Who made that <laughs> that uh, old uh, sketch, and um, that's uh, you know that's eight years of art school, people. Eight years of art school. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, that's what that was to give you. Yeah, I, I skipped on the theory. Um, yeah, so that got me into. It. I don't know if it's a, any different. You know, like it, it was. You know, the original was produced by. Uh, uh, the the hero of me at that time, Fredrik Nordström, yeah. who also produced uh, Spiritual Beggars, of course, and uh, I guess Arch Enemy as well, no? Yeah, um, at the gates. All this stuff. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, um, before I forget, the, what, do you think there's a difference that the, that the difference between the production has to do with the change of producer uh, from uh, Fredrik Nordström to Daniel Bergstrand? Definitely. Uh, he's called, right? Definitely. And also, you know, Daniel Bergstrand just letting Anders come into the picture more. He said that on all albums before it would remain, the, al- the vocals would be thrown on, you know, last minute. Ah. Like, okay, cool, we're done with the actual work. Now let's throw on some growls. Whereas, uh, <laughs> you know, working with, uh, with this guy, uh, Daniel Bergstrand, uh, he was way more involved in, in developing the vocal ideas and they layered a shit ton of layers and there's also these heavily auto-tuned or... Uh, vocoded vocals in the background of the choruses to add a melodic vocal, even though he still kind of almost could sing, you know. And also you have to mention Örjan Örnklo from Mr. Love's Company that came in and helped out with the keyboards because they're way more prominent on Reroot Remain. And I think uh, I yeah. like Örjan, you know, I dig him. His solo and system is amazing, but overall on Reroot Remain, not my kind of keyboards, not at all. They have too uh, much of this EDM, uh, yeah. trance, you know, jump the fuck up vibe that you know it throws me off it really does and i love keyboards now i guess you got stuck on uh, on the hook of mystery loves company your vision was never mine to share your vision your vision your vision was never mine to share yeah, <laughs> industrial metal only, right? Fucking good, fucking good song. It's amazing. You should listen to it. Uh, they're getting it for riffsters out there. Sometimes I forget that we're doing a podcast. Have you ever had that feeling? Yeah, I, I, I've had it, and it's. I think it's the best feeling because it makes us calm, yeah. calm down, and relax, and makes mm-hmm. I, I hope and I believe the the listening experience more enjoyable. Even though I still think about you, dear listener, I do. But yeah, I, I get that feeling too, and I think. Mr. Love's Company, cool band. Jorgen, Jorgen Sandström, mm. previously addressed hero in this podcast. He's now yeah, usually man. playing bass with them these days. And Ooh. a very cool live band. And I think Sweden had some good shit going on that regard too. I mean, we're known for our black mm. and death metal of the 90s, uh, you know, and offsprings from that world. But we also had yeah. uh, things like Mr. Love's Company, late Tiamat, and so on, that, oh, yeah. that kind of spear, <sighs> spearheaded another kind of... 90s metal or alternative 90s metal in Sweden, which was good, was cool. And I think yeah. this also makes sense in context of this episode, because I think Anders Fredén, mm. you know, he was also this 
guy looking for his musical identity. And I think he really kind of got this flip or, you know, this catharsis when he realized, I don't want to mm. be this heavy metal, speed metal guy listening to Scanner or bands like that <laughs> from, from Germany and trying to make super fast, intricate riffs. I think he realized that he wanted to be this Depeche Mode guy, you know. And very early on, they did a good cover of Depeche Mode, Everything Counts on Horacle. I think it's one of the better cuts on that album. Uh, so yeah. it definitely was in him. And I think he wanted to go for that synth, that and maybe more, uh, I don't know, more pop sensibility in a sense and leave the super mm. fast riffs uh, behind, you know, <laughs> send them back to Germany in a sense. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. It's, it's fun that you mentioned the Pesh mod because uh, Dave Gahan always wanted to be a rock star more than this uh, synth uh, mm -hmm. gentleman. You know, like he really went for that style. And uh, but everyone wants to be like him. It's interesting how that works. But uh, uh, I was just curious. When, when did Jesper Sturmblad leave uh, the band? The thing is, he didn't leave at a certain point in a way because he was. He had yeah. We've addressed it before, and we we shouldn't get too deep into it. I guess, but he had. Uh, severe problems with drinking and probably other things than drinking but uh, the company line yeah. would be drinking so he he was kind of leaving tours he was uh, sitting out tours and they had a fill-in uh, who is now uh -huh. the main gu other guitarist in the band um shit i forgot his name he even has a podcast but he seems to be a nice guy but i forgot his name uh, and i guess i could be forgiven i haven't been a fan in a while but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know jesper kind of half left and then finally he left, and they even made a diss track of him. You know, his actual his old wow. band made a clear diss track, Oof. and they've also confirmed that it is that. And it's called the uh, fear is the weakness, which you know completely just slagging off on on their old friend there. I mean, not, maybe not slagging off. It's also like a bit uh, melancholic. Uh, it also mourns mourns the, the departure, I think. But they mm. they sing things like uh, it's not like this is the first time. It's not like this is the first time you're dragging us down, we're losing identity, things like that, you know. Uh, just completely cutting bonds with, with Jesper. And uh, I've, the date escapes me, but they did come clarity with him. So before a sound tr soundtrack, mm. Sounds of a Playground Fading, horrible album title. Pretty okay <laughs> album. Pretty okay <laughs> album, actually, but horrible title. Oi, oi, oi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so bad. Sound, sounds of a playground fading. I think it's something about coming of age, but it sounds iffy. You know, it sounds almost... Uh, no. All, all, yeah, and all the covers got uh, uglier and uglier with this... Um, yeah. Uh, this t this uh, stick figure tearing out his own heart. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. the... This, yeah, on every road to remain has a really ugly cover. Also, the made by this, um, had this kind of airbrush artist that was really big in those days. Um, I forget his name. It's the Dark Tranquility guy, Niklas. Yeah, 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 yeah. He made all the fucking covers. Yeah, very photoshoppy. Very photoshoppy. Very like yeah. Uh, you, yeah, too much of the digital tools at work. Yeah, but a bit. A bit more of, I mean, not even Photoshop, more like the the the, the browser Photoshop that I use to make <laughs> our uh, covers, <laughs> Pixlr. <laughs> no, 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 no bells, like no bells and whistles, just like <laughs> your, oh, you use Pixlr uh, for our covers. <laughs> yeah, man. You do. I always imagine like Photoshop CS9 here or something like that. <laughs> oh, I, I, I have that shit, but uh, I don't, I don't, I don't use it for for our covers. I, I like to. I mean, the, this is for you, dear listener. Imagine I'm. Um, it's Tuesday. Or we release our episode on Wednesdays, and I'm lying, like half lying, in the couch with one hand. I'm making these uh, covers <laughs> in a browser based, like on a tiny computer. I don't see anything. I'm kind of, you know, uh, <laughs> zooming in, yeah, adding stuff. Having a good time while talking to you, and like, and then I send it to you, and I always get like a thumbs up sure. or a heart. And then usually like, a heart, nice. usually a heart. I like them that nice. much. You know, I, I'm not like wasting hearts out there on the chat line. <laughs> you know, yeah. I like them, and uh, <laughs> I like that you make them in that uh, simpler program. You know, you don't always have to use all these friggin' uh, power tools. Sometimes it's enough with a hammer and a nail. I think. 
And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, with regards to the member changes, uh, it's important to mention, like early on, they had Glenn uh, riffing, you know, everyone from Gothenburg is named Glenn, uh, comes, <laughs> comes from the English boat trade, but uh, somehow, but uh, yeah, he was like this hard and heavy riffer and he had a very fun approach on solos. Like he put some on the records and then he didn't even play them live. <laughs> he didn't give a fuck. Oh, <laughs> he played the rhythm <laughs> instead. So they both joined in for rhythm on his solo parts. Really strange method. Yeah. And uh, he mm. got kicked out. Um, also, the bass player, Johan Larsson, got kicked out. And uh, uh, Jesper referenced that that guy couldn't play bass at all. That was the reason. <laughs> just Man, you, you, for, for someone who had no trivia, you have <laughs> so much trivia. Yeah, no, but I, I wanted to do a lot about the riffs. But now that we both picked in flames, you know, I have kind of get, get into a little bit of the bigger picture, I guess. And uh, they did they did get Bjorn Schelott from the drums. He, he rose up just like I did in our band, Reverend John Loth. He rose up yeah. from the drum seat and over to the lead guitar. And uh, ah. that's kind of, I think that was the beginning of the end of early in flames. Because now he's the guitarist, right? He's the main guy together with Anders and the... They really drive it forward like a company, you know, sponsorships, uh, whatnot, festivals. Uh, it's super corporate, and they're good at it. Yeah, they even had a, <laughs> they even had a Volvo in flames, Volvo eighteen wheeler truck. You know, that's crazy. <laughs> it came with the signature guitar hanging over the seat. Uh, while uh, while I'm sitting here. Uh, yeah, I'm sitting here. I just wanted to play uh, a little bit. Um, <laughs> I want to play the riff again. Sorry, it's a nice just, riff. Yeah. I felt it let's, so nice. Uh, uh, I'll just do it and I'll tell you why. Sure. Yeah, anyway, I got a bit lost there, but but it was just that I had this accident the other day. Yeah. I I was I was uh, and I I told you about it, but I was I'm just going to describe it now because it was so silly. Um I we were moving and I was uh, was late in the evening, uh, I decided to um uh take down this uh, wall-mounted uh, very beautiful um, bookcase that my girlfriend has made a long time ago and it has uh, hung there for 18 years <laughs> she lived a long time in our old apartment and I was stand, I was just taking down the lower part um, and it was really heavy I was like oh, should I really take out uh, take down the higher part because I have to stand kind of balance on the uh, uh, this really unbalanced chair and I was standing there and I was thinking, oh, this is a really bad idea. I started unscrewing it. Oh, this is a really bad idea. <laughs> and then, like, it came off. And I was like, oh, I'm holding it. But it's super heavy. It was made of, like, a massive wood. So it weighs maybe, uh, you know, 40 kilos. But when you're standing, um, you know, in that balance and you're not really, you know, supporting. So you, you, it's really your wrists carrying it, you know. Yeah. You imagine, I'm standing there at the wall uh, holding something heavy totally with no balance and i i i uh, i slip like the whole uh, chair just flips a little bit so i drop it and i try to catch it and i catch it only with my thumb my left hand thumb and it just like bends in a very unnatural angle and then back and i just scream like it is it really hurts and I, I I lose track of what happens, you know. I'm standing all of a sudden. I'm like lying in the sofa with you know peace in a you know cold uh, ice iced uh, peace from the uh, fridge on my hand. It's like oh, what the fuck happened? Uh, <laughs> I've just like been screaming like an idiot, uh, scaring everyone, of course. But <laughs> um, but now <laughs> today I was like, ah, oh, it feels better already, and uh, and I was like, can I play this? Uh, and I went to the studio with like half an hour to spare before we started recording. I was like, I'm going to go for it. And I um, learned how to play uh, Clayman by yeah. Flames. Uh, Very cool choice. You know. I used to play that song before. And I, I saw the photo also after your injury there with the frozen peas on your, <laughs> on your, on your <laughs> hand. You know, that's a trick because ice melts, but the peas stay frozen in a sense, you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
So, um, and I have a piece of this riff. I used to, I recorded this way, way back. Where before I even had Cubase, ah. I recorded it in a weird, like, cool edit or something like that. And like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I yeah, put it on course. my mini disc and I put these r- drums on and even growled on top of it, you know. <laughs> so uh, it's dear to me and i completely forgot it and i didn't pick it up for this episode so cool yeah. cool choice nice yeah, yeah and uh yeah it's great album i mean I, I was kind of in love with all the songs and you have this uh i mean this i don't know if i even if i, if I can play this riff but i'm just like a I'll edit in Swim here. It's a cool riff, Swim. Yes. It's kind of their take on Sweet Child of Mine. <laughs> Way better, I think. Way better than that one. But it has yeah, the definitely. same problem that it's really hard to make it sound pitch correct on an yeah. electric. Yeah, uh, you can put a bort min, but yes, I'm And uh, what else? We have uh, this riff. is also like a bit of an older one, the classic. This is episode 666, Destination K. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah. A preverse riff in. Only for the week. Only for the week. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's almost too much. It's almost too much. Headbanger hit. Uh, I remember I was this old homepage back in the day when I was a fan. And it had this description of uh, episode 666 as a real headbanger hit. <laughs> I really think it is. Ooh. It kind of hinges on that. Yeah. It's going a bit towards Maiden and Metallic at the same time, and also this riff from that album. Uh, The Hive. Uh, a lot of uh, mm. Maiden heavy metal there and Metallica as well on Oracle, which is, I don't think it's, it's an album that doesn't stand, it didn't hold up for me. I can't really listen to I it am. these days. Not sure why. It just doesn't work for me anymore, but I don't know. Uh, in that sense, I think Reroot Remain is now maybe a better album for me. And uh, I wanted I to, the, the kind of point I wanted to drive across is how that riff that I choose is not entirely different to the riff work before. Like from Dead Eternity on Just Race, they have uh, and then you go for. not too far away no the second one clearly has this kind of more jumping kids vibe whereas the first is more a little bit darker a little bit more um, melancholic uh, heavy metal vibe. yeah uh satellites and astronauts Mm, my favorite beautiful. song of theirs when I was a kid was my favorite song. I yeah. liked it the most. Interesting. It has the, this war riff also, like. Uh, the it just mm. kind of worked for me. I think they nice. slapped it together in the studio as well. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, but it, this um, it, it was interesting. I started thinking like they really had a career before they changed. Uh, yeah, before they reroute rerouted yeah. to remained. Yeah, uh, I mean the, it's it's really strange. Like they were a completely different band, and I guess the Clayman is somewhat of a connection. I don't know, it's kind uh, of the but transition. also not because it's very b- a huge change. Yeah, uh, but we we kind of went into some parts that. Uh, that makes this um, uh, change up quite interesting, you know, in in the history of Swedish melodic death metal from Gothenburg. Uh, it's yeah. quite a big history, I must say. It's a famous band. It's a big um, band. One of our biggest. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, the <laughs> one of the biggest of the uh, Giffer alumni. As no, I mean, no, even of Sweden. Uh, even of Sweden, I think. You know, Swedish <laughs> hard rock, they're up there with Europe and, uh, I don't know, Europe... Uh, <laughs> Ingvi Malmsteen, I don't know who else is really big, uh, you know, worldwide, but they're definitely up there. I gotta run. Yeah, we're running. We're kind of running out of time. Time is ticking. Soon the curfew will start. Yeah, and I don't want to get fined or thrown in jail uh, because I think like yesterday there was huge uh, demonstrations, like water cannons and horses, and uh, you know from the police wow. side. Wow, and really? Throwing of bricks you, and you stuff. You got home by nine, simply, right? Uh, yes, yeah. yes. Um, so oh, I don't um, have a shit ton more to add. I think it's also curious to look at which covers they did during this time uh, with the Clayman. They did uh, "Land of Confusion" by Eighties uh, Genesis, and they did uh, "Strong and Smart" by Bad Religion, and "World of Promises" by Swedish um, uh, hard rock band Trust. If you put those three together, you kind of get the Clayman riff. You know, a bit of that, uh-huh. uh, a bit of that jump, jump up punk, a bit of the old uh, poodle rock. You know, eighties metal or hair metal, if you will, and then a bit of uh, the melodic prog sensibility. And I think Clayman was better than they thought themselves, perhaps, uh, that they didn't realize that we should. This is a transition album, but we should stay within this transition for a while longer because it's not all bad. And uh, then we got Reroute, which I, I com- completely put up in value now that I went back to it. But still, it's a very big step production-wise, and I think they tried too hard. Also, it has this mm. terrible undertitle, Reroute Remain, 14 Songs of Conscious Insanity. You know, that's uh, so yeah, try hard. Uh, <laughs> so try hard, no, I, 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 I checked out. <laughs> I checked out. At that yeah, point. It, was it was hard for me, me to get aboard, and I wasn't even old. I wasn't even... I couldn't even <laughs> buy beer, and I was still not not taking it you know uh, couldn't get it yeah. and they still get flack from germans you know germans never leave this kind of stuff they're still coming up to them hello why did you change why did you change your sound <laughs> even to this day hello hello why did you change why did you change why why, why? why? what's the point <laughs> because they, they don't care about <laughs> Why did you change? Come on. <laughs> you know, but I love those guys. You know, I like that they're just <laughs> diehard. Uh, you know, they, they don't leave that. You know, they have, we really no. dove deep into the German metal history. And I think we will peek back there again. Uh, but, but today <laughs> it was all Gothenburg, all Bildal, all in flames. And very like, it was strange to get to pick the same band, you know, not being ready for it, not being ready for it, I becoming like a, an in flames mini special or special, but uh, uh, I got out what I wanted to get out, especially what I wanted to add was that I realized that the riffs from Jesterays and from Cloud Connected are not terribly far apart. You know, if they would have had different vocals, more guitars instead of synths and a more traditional production, it's closer than you may think. And I think it's easy to see now because it's almost 20 years back that they did Roof Tremaine. So now it's all retro, right? Yeah. And as you said about Martin Popov and us, that uh, at a point you have the luxury of looking back 
and seeing what really happened. And uh, we are not going to get into where they are today. They've kept growing. They've kept kicking members out. Uh, it's a company, you know. It works as such. And when it's a company, I would do like their drummer, Daniel, and start my own company instead. Make beer, hang out with my children, and watch <laughs> EFK Göteborg play football. And with that, there gain it for Riffsters. Uh, the unintentional in flames special is over, and I gotta run. So uh, catch you on the flip flop. Och man hör bara så här andning så har man en klocka så här tick 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 och sen hör man bara så här get ready to pay. Ring in till expeditionen jag kan ge dig deras telefonnummer. Tack så mycket för hjälpen. Bra Hej. tack. Hej.